Hey guys, welcome to Talk of Fame. Well, put on your jock straps and lace up those cleats because today's guest is NFL Network's hilarious fantasy football guru, Adam Rank. Now, before rubbing shoulders with the biggest names in sports, Adam was a stand-up comedian who mingled among some of the funniest people in Hollywood. And if you want to hear the best Norm McDonald impersonation you've ever heard, wait until Adam talks about the time he went club hopping with the SNL legend in LA. Now, in this episode, we discuss why Adam standing up to Mike Trout proved to his wife that he'd never cheat on her, why the coolest thing he's ever seen in sports was Lady Gaga psyching up her dancers before her Super Bowl halftime performance, and you'll find out which Hall of Famer came to his school and took an exhibition basketball game so seriously that Adam was too scared to meet him. Plus, Adam tells us tons of other cool tales, like getting heckled by a tipsy NHL All-Star, the story Terry Bradshaw told him about being summoned to Frank Sinatra's room at three in the morning, and how Adam pulled a George Costanza in order to land his job with the NFL. Such a fun episode. You guys are going to love it. And as always, be sure to stick around to the end of the show when I read celebrity encounters submitted by you guys. And today's fan story is a personal encounter with one of the most iconic figures in music history. So open your Cracker Jacks and put on your foam fingers. This is Adam Rank. Adam, how you doing, buddy? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. I've been looking forward to this. This sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. You say you're you're feeling good and you look like you're in a good <laughs> mood, but I have to be honest with you. I'm a little yeah. worried about you. Yeah. Because recently I know you're okay. So you're born in Chicago, born in Chicago, raised in Southern California, but uh, you still have the Chicago. How old were you when you, when you moved? Oh, I was five, but you know, the, the parents were really cool about letting me root for the angels and the Lakers, the bears. That's the one lineage I have to Chicago. You've been in a bit of a bum mood lately because <laughs> of Russell. Will. I don't know how many of our, our sports are, our, our listeners are diehard sports fans, but Russell Wilson, one of the great quarterbacks of all time, there were teases. He was going to go to the bears who have struggled a bit lately and just yesterday, I think you put up a video because the Bears ended up not getting him. They got Andy yeah. Dalton. And as you put it, what do you say? It was like telling a kid they were going to oh, go I, to. I think like if I told my daughter we were going to go see Frozen and then when we were halfway to the theater, I'm like, oh, I'm just kidding. We're going to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Andy Dalton. Of no course. disrespect to Andy Dalton. You know, I, I, well, I you're, but you're comparing this. watching him on your team to a root canal. But anyway, well, go ahead. it's, it's kind of like the price is right. Like if you go on to the prices, right. And you win a trip to Reno, like, Oh, it's cool. Right. But if you don't win the showcase showdown, right. It's a little bit of a letdown. Your bio on NFL.com. I believe it is, is the funniest bio <laughs> that I've ever read. And, and one of the, my favorite parts of it is when you say that you, cause I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I mean, yeah. I, I argue that I'm like as big of a fan as you could be <laughs> of Seinfeld without having like a problem. Yeah, but, right. um, you said in your bio that you pulled a Costanza. Yeah with the NFL, which I, of course, know what that means, but explain a little bit about what that is. I had interned with the NFL, NFL Publishing for three years. It became a running joke to where the supervisor had called me the Cal Ripken of interns, where I just <laughs> wouldn't go away. But at one point, you know, you stop going to school and, you know, every year they, I think they got tired of like giving me a big send off every <laughs> summer. And my supervisor was out of town. Like he had left one Friday and he just, he didn't say anything. And I was sitting at a bar on a Sunday afternoon, Cassidy's. And I remember turning to my buddy and I had a couple in me and I was like, you know what? I'm going to show up tomorrow and just see what happens. If nothing else, because Chuck Garrity was going to be gone for two weeks, I'll get a, I'll get paid for an extra two weeks, if nothing right. else. So I just, I just kept doing it. And then eventually he just, he showed up in my office. He's like, Hey, you know, like you can't intern forever. And I'm like, Oh crap, here it comes. And he's like, so we're just going to hire you. You know, here's what you're going to make. <laughs> 
blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is incredible. The Costanza uh, comparison is when George quits his job, <laughs> screams yeah. at his boss, and Kramer just tells him to just go in. Go the in the next day. day. Go in the next day like nothing ever happened. And that's something that Kenny Kramer, the real Kramer, told Larry David in real life when Larry David quit SNL. Quit SNL. So after blowing up, on SNL and then and the producers and the, everybody, Larry David just showed up on Monday and nobody said anything. And he just remained a writer at SNL, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was um, on my block. I used to live in Hell's Kitchen, uh, mm -hmm. 44th and 9th. And I see I'm par like parking the car. You got to, you know, every day you got to change it alternate side of the street parking. Mm -hmm. And I look at the license plate on the, on the minivan behind me and it says Kramer's on it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of an interesting license plate. And I see this guy get out and he's kind of like talking to me. Hey, you know, could you pull up a little bit? Yeah, sure. No problem. And I'm like, you know, any chance that's the real Kramer? That's Kenny Kramer. You know, I knew I knew again, I know Seinfeld pretty well. And then finally, we had like another interaction after we were like waiting for like the cops to go by and make sure that our parking was all in order or whatever. And he was like, all right, have a good one. I said, hey, by the way, I said, are you Kenny Kramer? And he's like, yeah. And I was no. like, of of Seinfeld fame. He's like, that's me. I'm, I'm the reason the show exists or whatever. He's like, you know, of course, taking credit. But that was the real Kramer who Kramer, who Larry David based, you know, Cosmo Kramer on was parked right behind me. I used to see him on the block after that a little bit. He does like a one man show like in Seinfeld where they do like the real Peterman reality tour. Yeah, yeah he actually yeah. does that stuff. So that's amazing. That's a that's a cool encounter. I could talk to you about football as an NFL fan for hours. And I want to make sure that we stay on topic for right. this talk of fame pod so what i will tell the football fans out there is that at the end of this pod i'm going to do like a little two minute drill and i'm just going to ask you maybe i'll set my clock for two minutes and i'm just going to ask <laughs> you uh some quick rapid fire nfl type questions but what i will say is that we're talking here about stardom and fandom and celebrity and people that are coveted by the public well Right now, as this as we're filming this, free agency, NFL free agency is just underway. The draft is a little more than a month away. You and your football analysts and sports writers are like the celebrities for this month. This is where everybody's yeah. coming to you for you to make your big announcements. I'm hanging on every word. It's like when you guys come out with a tweet, it's like the papal uh, conclave or something <laughs> when they're picking up, you know, someone's on the balcony like, Hear ye, hear ye, like, you know, so-and-so has signed with so-and-so. <laughs> What's that like? Do you feel that sense of power right now that everybody's hanging on every word? It is incredible, uh, the interactions on either Twitter or Instagram or anything like that, how focused people are. Because in February, nobody cares about me. They could, <laughs> nobody will return my calls or anything. But now, all of a sudden... Not your family, hey, not your friends. Like, what have you heard? Like, how real it... Like, I, I will hear... From PR reps who worked for a sunglass company who I haven't talked to in a while, like not not like unfriendly or anything like that. Right. She's like, hey, you know, my husband wanted me to ask, like, how serious is this Russell Wilson? You know, it's like, wow. it's like that kind of stuff. And it's always it depends on um, our level of of how much we interact dictates whether I'll respond to you or not. Now, obviously, we've we've interacted. We've never met in person, but we've right. interacted enough on on social media to where you're like, okay, yeah, I will hang out with you. I would love to do the show right. and things like that. But 
I have friends that I don't hear from, but you know, once, once January hits like, well, I'll see you in August. Well, so, I'm honored that I have, that I have weaseled my way into the, you're somewhat, in, yeah, you're in the circle. Inner circle. I mean, do you get recognized? Do people come up to you at all and say, Hey, I, I know who you are. Or they know you by name. How does that work? Oh yeah. That, that happens uh, a lot. Well, not as much now because over the last year we're masked. So you'd right. have to hear me talk. Your voice reminds me of somebody who have people told you your voice reminds them of. It goes in. I'm going to have this for a celebrity encounter because I'll do the impression. Can I tell you who I think? Yeah, please like? tell me. Yeah. Norm McDonald. <laughs> That's it. 100%. <laughs> but yours is less annoying than Norm's. Norm's is full, like in that pitch of straight, could not be anything but a comedian. Yours is not like that. Yours is palatable. But so you will get recognized. Do you have, have you ever had a strange yeah. fan encounter? There is certain levels. Obviously, when we're at the Super Bowl, we're at the draft, we're at anything. Or if I'm in Vegas, you know, a lot of times those are sports themed avenues where people, of course, are going to know who you are. But it'll be weird to be in like Party City, you know, walking down a thing like, oh, my God, Adam Rank. And like people stopping you and wanting to talk. And obviously, I enjoy it. The funny things, too, is like there's a couple guys who get like the lurk where they're like they're close, but they don't want to go. They don't want to like approach you. Right. So they're kind of like they're seeing they're just waiting. And I don't know. It's it's cool. Like it's flattering. I think it's a good level of fame. Probably. I've talked to people on this show before how I think it's the worst time in the world to be famous. I used to want to be a big celebrity and the way the yeah. world is gone now. I kind of want to have I think Billy Crystal kind of called it like restaurant fame where you're famous enough to get into any <laughs> restaurant, but famous enough to be able to walk out of any restaurant, you know, without having, Oh my God, storm you <laughs> something perfect. like if I remember correctly, it was him. And he said something like that. It's funny too, because when, when you think about stuff like that, and especially, you know, when you're on TV or something like that, and you're on the, in the sports books in the bars or whatever, and people feel like they know you. Yeah. And I know because I've been on the other side sure. because, you know, our office is in Culver City and there is a Panda Express and Craig Robinson walks out of it. And I go up to from him. the office, from the office, from, yeah, hot from tub everything, time machine. you know, hot tub time machine, all that good stuff. And I was like, hey, man, what's up? And he goes, hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm like, good. I go, yeah, this is kind of like and I stopped and I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't really know you. I apologize. <laughs> and he just laughed and he was like, he hit me on the shoulder and I was like, okay, I'll see you later. And I just ran into the Panda Express. Like, yep. oh my gosh, you just feel like, I just felt like I knew Daryl from the office and I'm it's, just sitting here uh, yeah. talking. But it's so funny that you mentioned to me about guys that are kind of like hovering. I've done that so many times. Like I, I've yeah. done that so many where like, I remember like, I wanted to talk to Seth Myers. It was like we were in this like restaurant in Yankee Stadium, like behind like the legend seats. I was lucky oh, enough to get some nice. seats there. Yeah. And you know, you go, you see him, and then you just hang out. You, you hang out like 10 feet away. You look at you, pretend you're looking at your cell phone, but you're not. Super easy now with cell phones. We like, yeah. oh, I'm just sitting here checking Twitter while just I'm like, hey, Twitter. Seth Myers. Hey, can I ask you? Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay. Do you haven't you said you have a Norm McDonald story? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. So hit me with the Norm story. Norm McDonald. Now, I used to work at the Irvine Improv. And right. it was, uh, you know, I was getting into comedy, too. So like everybody, every doorman and food runner there was trying to be a comedian as well. Of course. Norm was the headliner. And he comes in, you know, he does his stuff and he's cool. And I never, like I usually, at this point in my life, I was very serious about doing my job, going home, writing a little bit, going to bed. So I wasn't a, I wasn't a big hangout guy. And we had, there was like a, a huge club 
back when clubs were a thing in Southern California. Huge club behind us called, what was it called? Metropolis? Behind the Irvine Improv. And I would never go to it. But Norm McDonald was going. So I'm going. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. And going over and Norm's hanging out. And so he needed a partner for pool, you know, and he comes out. He's like, hey, yeah. Hey, you want to want to shoot some pool, you know? <laughs> he does that thing. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like you got it. So the whole, like I'm sitting there, I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm sitting there playing doubles pool. Norm McDonald's my partner. We're having a great time and everything. And then at the end of it, you know, he's like, hey, yeah, you know, uh, where can I get a cab? You know, that's the thing about California. You can't find cabs. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'll drive you to your hotel. Like, it's totally cool. And go and I drop him off. And I'm like, Norm McDonald's sitting shotgun in my car. Like, this right. is crazy. Like this, I can never sell this car. I'm going to keep this seat. But I drop off Norm. And I'm like, okay, like that was pretty cool experience, like whatever. And you, you just kind of know, like, sometimes you never know you'll have these encounters and they'll, cause there were some famous comedians who would come through the improv who you would just hang out with and be super cool with. And then they would show up the next night and pretend like they've never seen you before in right. their entire life. So I, you never know, like, I, we'll see what was Norm. Was he drunk? Like whatever, like who knows, but he comes up. And then he saddles up to me the next night. He's like, hey, uh, hey, hey, we're going to go to that bar again. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yeah, let's, hey, you, yep, for, you want to go back? Yeah. I'm like, okay. But it was, uh, it was a Saturday night. Now everybody had gone out on Friday night. Nobody wanted to go. And so we go and he's, he's sitting there and he was, he was like, hey, it's like, hey, uh, he's like, yeah, that, that, that bartender is pretty cute, you know? Yeah. You know, he thinks she'd talk to me. And I'm like, okay, let me see if I get this straight. We're sitting at this bar in Irvine and you're worried if this lady will talk to you, the guy who is currently on the television on Saturday night live <laughs> right now, whether you'll, she'll talk to you. Right. I don't know. I don't know. They, you know, they hang out like whatever, but she's working. So there's really nothing that can go on. But like, Oh, it's great. And then at the end of the night, I'm driving him home and I'm like, you know, it's weird. Like this has been fun. Like he's been super cool, super nice. I'm like, the, the funny thing is, is he probably doesn't know my name. Right. And I'm like, I wonder like how you would work this into a conversation. But right as I was thinking that he's sitting there in my car, he's like, hey, uh, hey, hey, did they ever call you Adzy? You know, because like wow. on the show, like Adam Sandler, hey, we call him Adzy. I don't know if they do that here. And I'm like, no, nah, they never. No, nah, they don't do that. He's like, ah, I'm going to call you that, though. No, nah, I'm not going to. And then. <laughs> And then again, and then, you know, when we left, he did give me his phone number and he said, Hey, if you're, hell yeah, if you're ever in New York, you know, I uh, want to go see the show, let me know. And so get it, you know, and okay, that was very cool. And I got home and this was, you know, cell phones are sort of a thing at this point, not mm -hmm. completely, but my roommate at the time convinced me, he's like, call up that number. Like he's obviously not home, like see what happens. Right. And uh, we called it up and it was like, Oh yeah, yeah he reached two one two. Do of whatever the number was, but it was his number. And that is, that is always something like, and I look back on now, I'm like, why didn't I go out there? My sister lived in New York. I'm like, I could have just flown out there and just been like, hooked it up again, gone to see Saturday Night Live. Who knows? Yep. Gotten behind the scenes, but, but uh, he was a cool guy. So, okay. I have so much, there's so much to unpack here. First oh, of geez. all, I, I do impersonations as well. I've got maybe like 50 in my arsenal. Your Norm McDonald is so perfect but what i love about it as a comedian as an impersonator is 
certain impersonations, you always have to start with the same thing. Like whenever I start a Christopher Walken, I always start with, you know, I always have to say the words, yeah. you know, even my Obama, for some reason, I always go, uh, you know, and I always start with a, a you know, of course, I love how every one of your norm sentences starts with that. Hey. <laughs> yeah, have to. Yeah, that's to how you get into that. it. Hey. That's how you get into it. But the other thing, you didn't bring up your voice at all with him. This was not, I, I would have thought this would have been your link with we it. You know, everybody says I sound just like you. We don't you hear it. Like I hear it now in recordings and everything right. like that. But at the time you're like, I don't understand that. I don't think I sound like him at all. Picturing you guys playing pool and like <laughs> the other duo getting heckled by this echoing chorus of you and Norm MacDonald would be just like unbearable. <laughs> oh yeah. You'd be like, oh yeah, good shot there, you know? Oh man, that's that's hysterical, dude. Do you remember uh, the first athlete that you ever had to that you got to talk to for work purposes? Legitimate, full on athlete was Tim Salmon of the. A lot of people won't remember California Angels. Yes, was I was going to say that's a base. Very important to us. Yes, I went to Cal State Fullerton, and one of the great things was we had local teams, Angels and stuff. They would always give opportunities to young journalists. I was working for a small paper called the Orange County Sports Page. And so, yeah, they got credentialed like, oh, yeah, come down and talk to Tim Salmon. And OK, sitting in the Angels locker room and I'm an Angels fan. So that was the it's certain levels of like trying not to freak out. Sure. Let me tell you this story. It's going to ah, this is going to be hard for me to tell because this is about my friend, Tyler okay. Skaggs, who passed away two years ago. Yeah, he was sure. a friend of mine. Like we became friends. He showed up on our NFL Madden show. And he was super cool. You know, I'm an angels with like, Hey rank, we got Tyler Skaggs and he was a local guy grew up in Santa Monica, but I knew who he was. And I tried not to geek out, but he was excited. He was like, just as excited. He's like, rank. He's like, Oh, he's like, can we talk fantasy when we, when this is over? And I'm like, yeah, yeah of course. So we had ended up exchanging numbers. We became friends every year when the angels were doing their draft, he would hit me up. Like they would always do it. They would do it after their games. So he's right. texting me at midnight. And my wife would be like, what time is it? I'm like, it's three in the morning. Like the Angels draft just ended. So Mike Trout loves fantasy football and he follows me on Twitter. So I'm doing a draft in Las I'm doing a draft in Vegas with my friends. I'm kind of buzzed up and I get a direct message from Trout and it's him. It's he's pretty, like, hey, cool. he's like, Rank, what's going on? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, Mike Trout, what's happening? <laughs> and he's like, hey, do you think that you can help me out with my fantasy draft this year? You know, I need some tips. And so I've already screen grabbed this and I'm sending it. I sent it to my <laughs> wife. I sent it to my best friend. I'm like, what the, what is going on? What is going on? They're like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I got it. So he goes. And so I go, I got it. And you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm not inebriated, but I'm like, okay, I got a little bit of confidence in me. I sent him a note back and I said, listen, Mike, I'm happy to help you with whatever you want, but I have to let you know, Tyler is my guy. And he gets all the good scoops and anything that we don't want, I will give to you. And he sends back a tweet or he sends back a note. He goes, LOL, Tyler is standing right next to me <laughs> and told me that you would say that. Wow. And my wife pointed out in all her wisdom, she's like, she's like, you have to understand there's a number of things that happened here. Number one, Mike Trout, the greatest baseball player in the world, was talking to one of his teammates about you. Right. And he was trying to muscle up on Tyler being like, I can get this guy to do whatever I want because, you know, I'm like Trout or whatever. And then you stood up to him and stood up for your friend. 
who made him like now Tyler feels like a million bucks. Sure. Because you actually stuck up for him. You didn't wilt under the pressure of like right. Trout hitting you up and being like, yeah, of course, like whatever. Right. Forget Tyler. You know what I love about that story? You know why your wife loved that so much? Because it told her that you would never cheat. <laughs> because I'm sure your wife is beautiful, but that story of like sticking with the one you're with, the one, no matter how big or whatever, it's the equivalent of a woman finding out that even if the world's hottest supermodel <laughs> were to hit you up saying, come, you know, I, I would like to sleep with you, that you have the moral fiber to say, I'm just letting you know, I am in a committed relationship <laughs> and no matter how hot you are, I will not be cheating. So that is why I think your wife oh, is so that into that. That told oh, her Layers to this story. Layers to that. Mike Trout represented all supermodels, <laughs> uh, porn stars, whatever. It is. That's great, and it's worth. It was worth the fact that Mike Trout now hates you and sends you death messages all the he time. He does, yeah, uh, yeah. We don't get along anymore. <laughs> Who, you know, different people can hit people in different ways. Just because someone is a big deal, certain people have different meanings to different people, and and, and there are people that I've met. You never know how you're going to feel meeting them. Who's the person that you've met? In sports, outside of sports, that was the most like you were the most awestruck. It's never football people. It's usually people in the sports media industry. Really? Yeah. You know, because you grow up reading these people and reading their work that you become a little bit awestruck. And one of my colleagues right now, Mike Silver, who's a writer that he wrote for Sports Illustrated, he wrote for Yahoo, and we hired him. And it's a geeky thing to be like, oh my God, I'm really blown away by this guy who just, who's got a great vibe, who writes the kind of way that you wish you could. But it's funny, like it is the sports media personalities where you're like, I can't believe I'm meeting this person. So I Michael Jordan and Al Michaels walk into, walk into like, a room and you Wayne, take your shirt off and jump on Al Michaels. <laughs> that I might do that. That actually would probably be, that's a good, that's a good one. I don't know. Wayne Gretzky would probably be a little bit different. I think it'd be Wayne would, would hit a little bit different. Obviously uh, magic was one of those guys where you're like, what the, what is happening? Like magic Johnson. Standing you met, right wait, here. you met magic Johnson. Yeah. Like in passing, he's just, Hey, Irvin, and like, so, thanks Irvin. Yeah. Right. Right. Wait. So you're a big hockey guy. I'm not a big hockey guy. I'm a big Kings guy. I got you. Oh, yeah. you know, what's funny is um, super bowl 50. I was sitting there. And my sister, I took my sister to the game. My good friend, Heather, she was there with her mother. I'd never met her mother. So I showed up because they have these tailgate parties and I might've been overserved at it. And I apologized to this lady and I said, Hey, by the way, I go, they might've overserved me at the tailgate. So I apologize if anything right. happens. I go, I feel fine, but I'm if like, anything happens and it, was, and it was Heather's mom. I'm if like, anything oh happens, that's so ornery. That's like, so I know. If anything happens, I don't if, know. If I start doing. swinging from the chandelier, I, singing Broadway well, show tunes, wielding a machete, they might I, have overserved me. I what I was concerned about is I was going to say something unpleasant about Peyton Manning, who was the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. And so I'm sitting there, and I look behind us, the row behind us, and I'm like, "Oh my god, the Kings are sitting behind okay, us." Yes, right. we had better. First of all, we had better seats than the LA Kings. Boom. So which was no good. one respects hockey in this world. Right. Oh in my God. Country in this country, I should say. I had two hats with me. I had a King's beanie that I was going to wear because it was supposed to be cold, but it was sunny and beautiful. So instead I wore a baseball cap. It right. was a bears hat. And this was the height of the bears, uh, uh, excuse me, the Blackhawks Kings rivalry. So 
I'm now walking down this aisle in front of all the kings wearing a bear's hat. And most of them wouldn't even notice that I was even there, except Jonathan Quick, who was a little overserved. And he looks at me, he's like, hey, he's like, Chicago sucks. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Jonathan, John, I go, I'm I'm a Kings fan. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, I got it. I got it. And then I think it was Jeff Carter who was like, we're so sorry. No, it wasn't Jeff Carter. I think it was Alec Martinez. It was like, we're so sorry. I'm like, guys, oh, having a good time. Like, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> I go, what's we can hang out and have a good time. You're, and then I, you're like, listen, I'm overserved too. All right. I, I even I warned them that something might go down later. I so told you might want to watch out. <laughs> you might want to watch out. This is the thing. something. I just love that. Look, in case something happens, I apologize. In it's case so I say something really offensive about Peyton Manning, it's so open ended. It's just yeah. so open ended. In case something happens, in case something you know, happens, I feel like that's like what like Oswald said to like someone at the book depository just before uh, something uh, weird Kennedy happens today. <laughs> oh my god! Are there any stories out there, just sports or non-sports, of something you saw or a huge celebrity you saw, whether it was out out of a bar or at a party or something? That something happened and you were like, wow, this is a text your friends immediately type of a moment. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it it, it still comes back to football. But when uh, it was the Super Bowl that Lady Gaga was doing the halftime show. And because I'm an NFL employee, they would ask you like, hey, do you mind working the game? Obviously, you want to be like, no, because I want to go out and hang out at the tailgate party and right. do all that stuff. But of course, you're like, oh, no problem. I'll do whatever. And it's the easiest job in the world. They would put us at these gates where the players come in and off the field and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. you would be working with the event staff. And your main job is to make sure that the wrong people don't get hassled getting on or off the field. So... The halftime show was getting ready to go up and I wandered up and then all of Lady Gaga's dancers started gathering, getting ready to go. And I was really in awe of the whole thing because, you know, we think about the Super Bowl and the players and all those guys and all the hard work that these players, that Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski and Matt Ryan and all these players have gone through their entire lives to get to this moment to go play in the Super Bowl. And I was watching the dancers and the backup dancers and everybody, and they're getting ready and doing all their stuff. And I started thinking about how similar this experience had to be for them. You know, like their parents had to drive them to dance practice and recitals, and they've worked just as hard as anybody else who's going to be on this field. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, how cool. Like, this is like, a, for lack of a better term, this is their Super Bowl. I like, was just going to cool. say, this is their Super Bowl. <laughs> this yes. is their Super Bowl. So I was so excited for them. I'm like, this is pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, this golf cart rolls up and I was actually really dumbstruck because all of a sudden here comes Lady Gaga yeah, in all of her elegance. And I was, I was just sitting there like, Oh my God. And I was sitting there and I was, you know, earlier in the day, I was four feet from Julian Edelman yucking it up. Now I'm trying to do the lurk with Lady Gaga to see right. how close I can get. I'm not going to talk to her. I just want to be in her presence because she's just got this aura and, you know, she's she's not very tall. No, she's short. But she's just got this presence and she gathered everybody around and she's just going through the like her pep talk and just yep. going and just like doing her thing. And like, I'm getting fired up. I'm like, I want to go dance. Like, I'm in. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm right. I want to play for this team. Like, I do whatever I want. And then she goes to the, the front of the entrance and then she's just there for everybody. So every dancer has got to walk past her. And now 
you hear this about coaches, about how coaches have to know how to deal with certain players. Like some players like to be talked to, some don't. She has that relationship because like she, she'll mad dog somebody, she'll hug somebody, she'll fist bump. She was doing like the whole thing. And like, she just was on it. Like she was just so, it was just so present. And like, I did kind of sneak a little video and I thought she looked at me one time. So I like quickly put it down. Like I'm not doing anything, but I'm like, yeah. Of everything, of like every Super Bowl and every moment of if anything that I'd ever been a part of, like just being within like a three point shot of Lady Gaga was something that like, oh, my God, I can't believe that that happened. And by the way, Mike Silver, who I was gushing about moments ago, got a photo with her before the game. And I've never been more jealous. The question is, did you let her on the field? Yeah, she was. I said that credential is good. You let her on the field. She didn't have to swipe her credential. She never swiped the credential. Let let her pass. <laughs> was there ever a celebrity or somebody that you met that was a jerk? There was a Hall of Famer that played for the Vikings. Oh, I wish I could remember his name. He's a Vikings defensive back from the seventies, Paul Krause or something like that. Where my producer and I, because usually you go to the Hall of Fame and you go to Canton, and most of the time these guys. They're so far removed from the game. They're happy to go back and relive their glory. Of course. You're never going to have a bad, you're never going to have a bad moment like that. But Paul Krause, for whatever reason, was not having us. And I remember my producers like, screw that guy. Like, what was that guy's problem? I'm like, right. Was I not imagining that? Like, everybody's been delightful. He's like, yeah, you made Jackie Slater almost cry because you told him about never winning a Super Bowl. But this guy was super (laughs) rude. Even uh, like, I know that Terry Bradshaw gets a little bit of a reputation for uh, being prickly. And so I saw him one time and uh, he did have a Coors Light in his hand. So maybe this had something to do with it, but he was hanging out with Deacon Jones, Mm. just having a laugh. And of course, here comes me doing a little bit of of the sidle. And uh, he just turned to me, he's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, not much. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, hey, I go, you know what? I go, I don't know if I'll ever talk to you again. So this is, I just, I'm so sorry that I have to throw this question to you. And he goes, oh, no, cool. What's up? And I go, how fun was it making Cannonball run? <laughs> like, it just seemed like that would have been the coolest thing ever. Like, I know you won four Super Bowls and whatnot, but right. that to me stands out as something. And he's like, and he was so happy. He loved, like, he sat there and talked about Cannonball run for 10 minutes. About all these classic stories. 80s film. It's uh yeah, it was a movie that my know that my di- my dad loved. If we had nothing to watch, my dad wanted it, you know. My parents were doing whatever, and they're like, We need a movie, we need something to watch. They'd be like, Let's watch Cannonball Run. And like awesome. the whole the credits come up, and I remember my dad would just sit there on the couch and there'd be like Dean Martin, he'd be like, Legend, Sammy Davis Jr., legend, Bert Convy, legend. He's like, <laughs> like, this cast is so legendary. Like, these are the guys that I love. And so I told him that and Terry was like super cool about it. And he's like, you know, I was a multiple Super Bowl winner, right? You know, and it, it was still weird for me to go up and be like, Hey, here's Dean Martin. And here's Sammy. Sinatra was like, in that, right? I don't, I think he was in. Yeah. The second yeah, one, maybe the second one, because he told me he's like one time he was in his hotel room and he got a call at like two or three in the morning and Sinatra famously would get upset at people who turned in early. Like Dean Martin famously did this. Correct. Terry Bradshaw got sent a car and was summoned to Frank Sinatra's room to go hang out with him. 
Really? Uh, one night. And he's, I'm like, and you did, right? He's like, you don't turn down that phone call. No, he's dude, like, that's you are, awesome. You are going. If it's you know fine. anything about this, this pod or me, I mean, I am a huge, I am as big of a Sinatra fan as any millennial I think can be. I don't know what it is, something about the nostalgia of it, the sound of the music. It just, it reminds me of just New York and Italian restaurants and just good times and the whole Vegas vibe and stuff. And he obviously was, he had his flaws. He was the first one to admit it. But I mean, right. But I mean, you can't obviously want to know this on the, the pod if you're listening, but this is Jack Daniels Sinatra. I've noticed I, I noticed that 100%. Also, orange that's Sinatra I, Select, though. That's not just regular. That's the 100th anniversary. Because the orange is on it because it's his favorite color. There you go. Look at you. When I, I used to play Madden. And when I used to play Madden all the time, play franchise mode, I would always take the football team that played in St. Louis and okay. move them to Las Vegas. <laughs> I would rename them the Rat Pack. Hey. And I changed the color scheme to be predominantly orange. That's awesome, dude. I have a Rat Pack po- just off camera is a Rat Pack poster of the, of the three of those guys uh, at Carnegie Hall in 1961. I listen to Frank every day. I don't know something about it. It's just always resonated with me. So Love it. That's great, man. I'm with you. I I like I'm, you know, a Midwest person, so of course I'm drawn to Steubenville Zone, Dean Martin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's the same, it's the same sentiment for me. And the wife and I love Palm Springs. Yep. And uh we're building a, a home out there. And there's and you I, I know you you know these stories, but one of the first things that we're gonna buy is we're gonna purchase a Jack Daniels flag. So yep. that's gonna be our thing of like whenever we're out there, like Sinatra did, yeah, we're gonna put a Jack Daniels flag up to signify to everybody that we're in town. That's and awesome. Stop over for a for a belt or two. Let's switch gears a little bit here before I let you go. Let's talk about crushes, celebrity crushes. I love asking people this. Who was your first celebrity crush? Miss Elizabeth, Randy Macho Man Savage's wife. (laughs) But yeah, Miss Elizabeth was, maybe that's why I liked wrestling as a kid. Sure. There was uh, a, I I remember being a, a little kid and recording Saturday night main event. And there was one where the macho man throws Miss Elizabeth over his shoulder and she's wearing this like leopard print dress and, you know, and they're walking. And of course the camera angle Mm. is from behind. So it's the macho man carrying her and she's, you know, the dress is a little low cut. Yes. So there, and like, that was, I don't know what I was doing as a little kid, but I knew that I enjoyed that. Correct. You were like, I don't know what this is. I like this again, Costanza, one of the first time he ever saw a bra. When he's talking about the, to the bra salesman for the job, yeah. it's like the first time I saw it, I looked at it and I thought, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> what about today? Who's got, I know you're a happily married man, but if you can speak uh, honestly, a celebrity out there right now that you just are like that, you know, that she's got a little, a little, a little crush going on there. I always joke uh, with my wife that like Angie Harmon was always somebody, if you knew Angie Harmon, if nice. I listen, I have, no, 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 I'm not laughing. It's, it's just kind of a random name, but I it like is it. a rant. Yeah. That, that's probably not the one you were thinking of. Uh, is she there is Jason Seahorn. No, they, they got divorced and right. my wife got really concerned about that. She's like, Oh, cause my, my wife's funny in the fact that she's like, you can actually go out and like meet these people who you have a crush on. Right. Like, like Mike you Trout, know, like you, you Wayne can, leg- yeah, you know, like I listen. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like you could actually go out there like you, she's like, you're in a world where you would, you could run into Angie Harmon. And I sure. don't know how much I really 
appreciate that. It is funny because like I'm trying to think of like current, like somebody who's current, like because growing up, like Elizabeth Berkeley, that kind of, I know there was a lot of Kelly Kapowski people out there. Yeah, let's talk about this. I was Kelly and not to sound creepy for his sake, but my, my dad, I would be like, oh, look how hot you know Kelly is. And he's like, I actually think that the tall one is the more attractive of the girls. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, yeah. I, I was I was a Kelly Kapowski. Most people, even Lisa Turtle, I thought was beautiful. But by the way, for anybody watching, that's like under 25. We're talking about Saved by the Bell. So you were you were Elizabeth Berkeley even pre showgirls? Oh, yeah, I was. Yeah. I don't know. Always the smart girls, tall girls mm. like that. And not listen, no disrespect to Tiffany Thiessen, right, who has dropped the amber. But no, that's <laughs> oh, also when Party of Five was going, I was uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Sure. It's also one that I was really I you know, and then the, it's funny, too, when you talk about Saved by the Bell, there was also another famous show, Baywatch. Yes. And everybody would always go crazy for Pamela Anderson. But I was a big Yasmeen Bleeth guy. Sure. That was my, I'm a, like, obviously I'm skewing brunette. If yes. You can start to see. It's kind of like a, like a coach likes a certain, like a quarterback, like, oh, this, this quarterback fits our system type of thing, <laughs> you know, but it's like, but it's like that with a type you are like, yeah, usually dark haired girls, you know, like things like that. I love it. But your wife, she's got nothing to worry about with, even if you ran she's into Angie Harmon, because you did not cheat on right. Tyler with trend. I didn't. Yeah. So if Alyssa that, Milano again, called tomorrow. You're, you're, you're still in good standing. Actually, I did run into Alyssa Milano one time. She's and, very uh, attractive as well. And uh, my wife didn't care for that. She's like, I don't like that. You were, you know, like you were in the same facility i'm like oh no we walked by each other and said hello and i think i told her the dodgers sucked or something like that and then my wife's like that's the kind of thing that she will like that you were like that you knew that who her baseball team was and you were making fun of them so you're an angels fan i'm like but she made fun of me because i am an angels fan so but does your wife have a crush that you let it go or i mean there's got to be someone that you know all the time randy orton is her crush and yet his figurine his mostly undressed figurine right. is somehow made its way into my office. Did you buy that figurine that you're showing oh, me right now? No, no, no. She bought the action figure because she likes him so much. I really do believe somebody gave that to us as a gift. But at least be- it's still in its packaging and it's still up on the shelf. Your wife doesn't like have it, you know, under her pillow or in a drawer or something where you got to go like, what's going I mean, on. It showed here. up today. Yeah. Who's the first famous person you ever remember meeting as a kid? Uh, my high school would always have celebrities come in and play basketball against the teachers. Okay. I think there was like a circuit. What school did you go to? This is we I would have from, like some, uh, we would have like a recovering alcoholic come in and tell us about the prat the pitfalls of of drinking. Dude, this was Corona, California. Like we're in the middle of we're in the middle of nowhere in between Palm Springs and L.A. But yeah, they would have these these events. And so as little kids, Gary Carter was playing. Wow, very against cool. baseball, the teacher. And he had a baseball legend. Mets fans would would remember Gary Carter or older yeah. Mets fans, I should say. And he was such a psycho, like competitive. He was just a literal psycho, like in a game against faculty. Right. At a high and school. A, and of course, like the football coaches, these guys could go, but they're not professional athletes. Sure. I remember being like, I wanted to meet Gary Carter to like, I don't even want to talk to that guy. Like, I want nothing. Like, and I remember Coach Zeller's wife was like, do you guys want to go? I'm like, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to touch anything. I don't want to talk to anybody. It's like, yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> Gary Carter ended up being super nice, by the way. I, That's awesome. He was, he was psycho during the game, but could not have been more pleasant. 
At least uh, you guys I mean, had at least you guys had celebrities coming in. We had like, you know, crackhead Jim telling <laughs> us about like, you know, halfway through his speech telling us where where we could score and the teacher kicks him out. Like, that's not why you're here. <laughs> this just actually dawned on me that, you know, you're talking about being in the tunnel. My dad's a banker and he's had some different cool clients and he's had some different jets and islanders. And we've gotten to go to certain events. And my dad has a relationship with Curtis Martin, the great Patriots and Jets running back. We actually were invited and got to go see his Hall of Fame induction and stuff. And it was actually really embarrassing because my mom, who I love and who will probably see this eventually or hear this eventually, she's so obsessed with celebrity, which is maybe why subconsciously I have this podcast and I'm so into Mm -hmm. these people that she was going up to people. She didn't even know who any of these Hall of Famers were, these oh, old no. types. And she was just saying to me, is that somebody? I'm like, yeah. And she'd go up, what's his name? And I'm like, uh, you know, uh, that's that's Deion Sanders. Hi, Deion, I'm such a huge fan. Can I get an autograph, <laughs> whatever? And then she'd go up to all these, you know, all these different celebrities and all these different, she like attacked Dick Vermeil, like just, and- Oh my gosh. She, I mean, when I say attacked, I mean with love, but like she- no, no, she no. She uh, approached at a Yankee game, Michael Kay, with such ferocity, all while wearing a smile, that security physically prevented her from getting to Michael until Michael was like, it's cool. Let her in. She just wants to get a picture. (laughs) (laughs) And Michael later apologized to us. We saw him again, like in a parking lot. But the reason I brought that stuff up with Curtis Martin, one time I got to go to a Jets game beyond the field. There was actually, I guess it had to be another game. Yeah, I'm getting my stories mixed up, but the Jets or the Giants were playing the Packers and Favre was still the quarterback. And I happened to be in the tunnel, whether or not I was supposed to be in the tunnel. Right. And the whole team had come out already and Favre, whether this was normal or he was getting work done, he was coming out like all by himself. And there he was just like me and Brett Favre at the height of his powers, walking through the tunnel about to take the field. And I was like maybe 11 or 12, like that perfect age of like where this is like the coolest thing ever. And I got a picture of him and it's just him with his, his hands inside of his little pouch and he kind of yeah. has his head down. And it's this really cool picture where it's basically just Brett Favre and nothing else in the photo. Of course, I haven't been able to find it for years. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but I'm sure it's somewhere. It'll turn up. I can't you let know, you go. With- Can I wait? Oh, hold on. I can't believe I didn't tell you this. Hit me. I don't know why this just why I didn't think of this until now, because you'll love you- this story. So my, my parents were big. Rat Pack people who mm-hmm. loved that era of Las Vegas. I have photos of them being in showrooms and everything like that. My dad always told this story that, you know, these guys would go out and hang out in the lounges at the Sands or Sahara or anything like that. The Rat Pack would have their their area. There was guys around that you couldn't get close to them unless you were like a real a single attractive female or maybe sure. even a married one. It probably wouldn't have mattered. They would say like you could if you couldn't get into the show which a lot of times they couldn't because, you know, celebrity and it's packed, like they would know which lounge to go to. So my parents would always stake out a table in this lounge, knowing that they were going to show up after the show. And sure enough, they did. He tells me one time they were there and uh, the house speaker starts playing a Jerry Lewis record. Okay. And Dean Martin shoots up out of his seat, runs over to a house phone. You could see him like, hangs it, slams it. Three seconds later, that record was off. Wow. This was before they, this is after their, after they broke up before, before the reconciliation that he had a Jerry, Jerry Lewis song just ripped off the house sound. 
That's funny. It's probably the only time Dean Martin ever did anything with a sense of urgency in his life. He was always so <laughs> laid back and just so chill. That's awesome, man. Uh, all right. I'm going to put you on a two minute, two minute drill right here. I'm actually going to start my clock right here. And I'm just going to ask you some, I can't let you go without asking you some football Fair questions enough. that are on my Fair mind. So we're going to start this right now. You ready to go? Yes, sir. Here we go. How many Super Bowls does Patrick Mahomes end up with wins? I'm going to say probably not as many as you think, because we always see these quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, the day, oh, he's going to win 30 Super Bowls. I don't know that that's going to happen. And watch Tom Brady might end up winning more in the next couple of years than Patrick Mahomes does. So what's the Mahomes number if you had to put a number on it? I'm going to say two. Wow. Okay. I love what you're saying because I feel the same way. Things never pan out like you think they will. I, I would probably put it at three, but you're the expert. So two it is. Does something have to be done? Actually, doesn't something have to be done about the pass interference rule in the NFL right now? Because spot of the foul on every jump ball is just, it's too much for me. What do you think? It is really dumb. They need to figure that out. Uh, the college rule is fine. And I know people will complain that, oh, it's, but 15 yards, a guy will just tackle them. Like they're doing it anyways. Like, why not? Like, just give them an opportunity to fight for the football spot of the foul. Like we've seen enough receivers drop footballs that we shouldn't just assume that they were going to make the catch anyways. I agree with you a million percent. What do you think about my proposal? And it seems complicated, but it, it, there's a precedent for it that it's 15 yards or the ref has an option for a flagrant spot foul. So if someone does just tackle somebody, you can throw a flagrant spot foul, spot of the foul right there. What do you think about that? I love it. That's even better. Yeah, that does make a difference. You know, it's kind of like the two different, I know they don't have the two different versions of holding right now, but I think that if you can have severity to like, they do that with other penalties, right. why they not do it with in. the pass interference? You're starting a football team right now, 2021 season. You can have three players in the history of the NFL in their prime to start your team with right now. Who do you choose? The history of the NFL. We're going to yes. go with Lawrence Taylor for sure. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one of them. I probably need to go with another defensive guy too. I don't know if this will fit the scheme to have, uh, let's go Dion. So we, we're going to have a shutdown corner. We're going to have mm -hmm. Lawrence Taylor getting up the middle and I'm probably going to want a quarterback. So I'll, you know what? I'll take Tom Brady. That's your I think three. That's, I think we'll go with that. So we've got the corner, the pass rusher and the quarterback. I think that's what you need. Where can people see you, man? I mean, you got the column, just plug the hell out of yourself right now. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, obviously with the NFL network, NFL Fantasy Live that comes on during the season. I pop up here and there. I do have my Twitter account at Adam Rank, my Instagram at Adam Rank NFL. That's also my YouTube channel. I do my podcast. It's probably easier to find it on YouTube, but I also have an Adam Rank podcast that you can find. Hopefully, my producer has been moving, so I don't want to bother him too much. So I usually just, it's easier for me to jump on StreamYard and get that out there. Right. And uh, so if you want any of that, I did have a breakdown like a mental breakdown about Andy Dalton, but I think that calmer, calmer voices are starting to prevail and I'll have a more educated take later on this week. Or calmer voices in your head or little column A, little column B. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time. Uh, great insight. Great combination of some Hollywood stories and some, some sports. Insight. I tried. Yeah. I tried to get some Hollywood stuff in there. Hopefully bears giants, NFC championship game this year, you Do know, it. I think it sounds like a plan. And uh, listen, when all this COVID stuff lifts, you, me, Lady Gaga, Madison Square Garden. All Let's right. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know what? I will. Um, now my, where I hung out in Hell's Kitchen was on 46th Street, the House of Brews there. 
But um, yeah, you know, sure. That's Restaurant Row. Restaurant Row. So yeah. maybe someday we'll be back out there again. That sounds like a plan. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. All right, everybody, that was Adam Rank. And just so you know, since we recorded that conversation, his Bears drafted Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields with the number 11 overall pick. I asked Adam about it, and he said that he could not be more thrilled. So, Adam, I'm glad you're feeling better, buddy. Now it's time for Tales from the Fans. Today's story comes to us from TJ on Twitter with the handle at OPleaseLOL, please spelled P-L-Z. TJ says... Uh, First of all, that she once met LL Cool J and said to him, you look exactly like LL Cool J. He giggled and she realized who it was. That's pretty funny because a lot of celebrities will try to play that card. Oh, it's not, you know, I'm not that person. I get that all the time. And then they'll try to just pretend it's not them. But I guess, you know, he uh, admitted to it and they had a laugh about it. But then she talks about this really cool encounter she had with Prince. I was a model slash dancer, TJ says, got invited to a club and was told no high heels. People looked very upset when I asked Prince, I guess it was his club, or maybe it was a small room or something, a VIP room, I don't know, maybe it was his rule. People got upset when I asked him, should I take off my shoes? He said, only when your feet hurt. So he was cool about it. And then he asked me what I wanted to drink. Before I could answer, he said, cola. And we had a great conversation about that because I explained to Prince that my mom uses cola to clean toilets. And he giggled. Using cola to clean toilets, I don't know. I could understand like a club soda or something, but I feel like that would stain. Is this something that people do? I don't know. Someone's got someone's to hit me up with this kind of information. Am I missing out this whole time? From my point of view, she goes on to say, I found him to be sharp, shy, witty, and he giggled a lot. He walked away a few times to talk with starstruck people to give them comfort. He also walked up to a shy girl and started dancing with her. After a while, he got tired and excused himself to me and the others. I've met loads of celebrities, but none of them was as kind and caring as Prince. So that's really cool, TJ. And and I know some people are just really obsessed with Prince and, and, you know, it was a little before me, but I understand what a huge phenomenon he was. And that's um, at times he could be reclusive, but this is an interesting insight into his personality, because at least in this encounter, he seemed to be a really great guy, very aware of his celebrity. First of all, she walks in the no shoes rule, very pretentious type of a thing. And he all of a sudden made it very unpretentious and was like, no, you know, keep your shoes on, take them off if your feet hurt, no big deal. Do you want a Coke, you know, or a cola? So that's kind of a cool thing, kind of disarming. And, and, and then it says how he was going up to people who were starstruck and he was comforting them. He went up to the shy girl and danced with her. He excused himself and and to everybody when he would go. So it seemed like he was very aware of his celebrity, didn't want to pretend he was just another person because everyone knows he's not, but didn't want to big time anybody uh, and not give him the time of day. It seemed like he sort of was handling it in a very cool way. I know I'm famous. I know I mean a lot to a lot of you people. So let me talk to you. Let me put you at ease so that we can, you know, all have as enjoyable of an experience tonight as possible. So that seems like a pretty a pretty cool story. Uh, thank you, TJ, for writing in. We want to hear from you guys. Tell us all about your coolest celebrity encounters at talkoffamepodcast.com or hit me up personally on social media at Will Presti. Your story could be featured on our show. Uh, as always, you can check out all of our Talk of Fame episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at talkoffamepodcast.com. We just booked a ton of new guests from the worlds of comedy, reality TV, sports, media. So keep tuning in. We got awesome people coming up with just some great stories to tell. It's going to be a blast. I hope to see you guys again next week, right here on Talk of Fame, where stardom and fandom collide.